I think Lily is going to give us our scripture reading. The reading is taken from Luke chapter 10 verses 1 to 11. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to, to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you, ent- when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered you, to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your own time we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. Speak, O Lord, and may the meditations of my heart and the words spoken in this place be acceptable in your sight, O Lord my God. Amen. likes to make soup? Oh, lots of hands. Okay, we're going to get you all signed up for church lunch. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Making soup, one of the easiest things to do. You can't beat a bowl of soup. Can you remember who taught you to make soup? I'm not going to ask you to answer just now, but in the last year or two, I've taught my eldest grandsons to make soup. Now, trying to keep things simple, initially, and John's going to move a slide on, (laughs) I would make the soup while we'll take the eldest grandson, Calvin, while he watched. He didn't have the confidence, he'd seen me do it, but he, he just watched because he was enthusiastic. And then next time, I would make it, but he would help. Although you have to be sure they know how to handle a sharp knife although I'm usually the one who cuts my finger. Then, next step, he takes charge and I help. Because he's now grown in confidence, he has seen it modelled. And then finally, he makes it and I watch. And then I get to enjoy it too. Simple. We guide our children, or those that we work with, or so on, whether you're in a leadership responsibility post and work or whatever, we show people how to do things. So in those four steps, he's gone from watching to making it on his own. So it was for the disciples. Not the soup part, obviously, although who knows. They were taught by Jesus how to do mission. And we're going to unpack that a bit this morning. You see, we are all disciples in training. 
as we come here week by week to learn from the minister or members of the team, or we join in with Bible studies or with prayer groups, or in other ways we expand our learning. But we want to learn more about God and his work. We are disciples, but we don't necessarily think of ourselves in that way. However, if we were asked to go out on the streets or to the next town or village to share the good news and heal the sick, how many of us would feel equipped to and are ready to do so? Not really any show of hands that time. If we're honest with ourselves, I think most of us would probably run a mile in the opposite direction at record-breaking pace. And, however, that's what Jesus' followers were asked to do. We learn that this is the beginning of the missionary adventure. The, The group of 12 has now expanded to 72. They had no missionary experience prior to meeting Jesus. They were ordinary people, as I said in the children's talk. But they had enough confidence because Jesus had shown them what to do. He discipled them. He'd shown them how he did his work. And so they were able to observe that. In the reading, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you, heal the sick, who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you can you imagine their thoughts and feelings on hearing those instructions if I just given them to you now and say right we're going out in the streets what? who me? no I'm not good enough to do that sort of thing I'm not confident no that's not for me I'll leave it to those who've got experience to do it However, we are called. And fortunately for us, some centuries later, the disciples didn't have those thoughts. They were confident in what Jesus had taught them to do. They trusted Jesus. They trusted him enough to go out and do as they were asked. And we need to do the same too. Because the reality is that we have knowledge of something that is really good. Jesus Christ. We have the knowledge that Jesus loves us so much that he took all our guilt and shame on his shoulders and it was nailed to the cross. The price has been paid for us. That is good news worthy of sharing. And we shouldn't be keeping it to ourselves. Just as we want to share good stuff in life with our family and friends, we should be wanting to share the good news of Jesus. It's a, a real responsibility for all of us. We are called to be the workers in the harvest field, which mentioned in the reading. And that field today is enormous because so many people have turned away from God. They deny knowing Christ. So we are called to go and do mission. And I'm sure there's people still sitting there thinking, no, that's not me. 
Oh yes, it is. It's you, me and everybody else. It's simple. And it can be done simply. The t-shirt, which is not normal preaching attire, is simple. But it's a way that we're doing mission out at the Meadows Festival. That doesn't mean that we're going to say to you, go out onto the streets of Toll Cross or on your next night out and say to somebody, have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? While that might be an important question, I think we might be shown the door. We just need to take the peace of Christ with us. So how do we do that? Simply mission. The passage in Luke speaks of the simplicity of how to deliver the gospel message. The disciples just had to go as they were and trust in God and the training that they had been given. Jesus made it plain to them though that it wasn't all going to be plain sailing. They were going to be lambs among wolves and often that doesn't end well. And they were to take nothing with them, not even sandals. Sorry, I can't imagine walking all the way along to the tent today and without anything on my feet. There will be setbacks. There will be rejection. But that's okay. Because there would also be a harvest too. Now, people in biblical times were perhaps more hospitable than we are now. And you were expected to welcome the stranger. That's harder now. But we still have the opportunity to meet people at the modern day wells. The coffee machine in the office, or out for lunch, or gathering round your dinner table. We're being instructed to hang out with people and by just being relational with them, others might see Jesus in us, in the way we live our lives. Keeping it simple reminds me of the Matt Redman song. When the music fades and all is stripped away, Lord, I simply come. He wrote that song when he realized that some of the church services were becoming more like concerts. And he realized that it needed to be pared back so that the focus was on praising God. Perhaps we need to pare back some things in our lives. To make our lives more simple so that we have space to be missionaries. To do what Jesus has called us to do. The best way to do mission is just model Jesus in our lives. We know from John 5:19 that Jesus modeled his actions on his father because he said very truly I tell you the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will be able to show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. Jesus 
only did what his father did. And then he modeled that for his disciples. And down through the centuries, that has been modeled for all of us. Think back to the soup making. It's really a discipleship square. Jesus had shown his disciples how mission could be done, and they had watched him. They saw Jesus carry out his mission, and they helped him before they took more control, and Jesus helped. And then finally, they were being sent out on their own to do his work. I mentioned that Jesus expected them to face opposition, and we will face opposition as well. The disciples were told to shake the dust from their heels, but it didn't mean that they had to give up. The team we have out on the meadows yesterday and today, they've not had any real evangelism training. They just love Jesus and they want to share that with the people they come across. They've already met with all sorts of people and had a mixture of reactions. So take the example of the free hug. You get people coming towards you and you can see them reading the t-shirt and thinking, oh I, what have we got here? <laughs> Some will smile and pass by thinking, yep, we'll just avoid them. Some will admit, no, I'm all right for hugs, thank you, as they go off with their partner. Lucky them. Some will read the logo on the t-shirt, hear the invitation, and immediately avert their eyes, and suddenly they're focused on going somewhere else that is not where we are. Some will enthusiastically step into a warm embrace, thinking that the idea is all very novel, which it is, but then it can lead to all sorts of conversations, some short, some longer. But in that interaction, we can hope that they have seen something of Christ's love for the community in our action We're doing more than free hugs, by the way. I'm just using this as the example. One or two people have been interested in having longer conversations or interested in what the church does. Oh, aye, that's that big church at the end of the meadows. I pass it often. Well, come in and see us sometime. They, like many others around, might think, well... Nothing good comes out of church. However, by just being there, having a team there in the community, we raise the profile of the church and of Jesus Christ. Yes, it's true that some of the conversations will not bear fruit immediately, and we might never see that fruit. But we have to remember that the seeds have been sown People will remember, perhaps when they're in a difficult stage in their life, that there were there was a church on the meadows. They seemed quite nice people. Perhaps I can ask them for help. And a door opens, 
as they make connection with us. We're there to listen, to chat. David and I had an amusing incident yesterday morning. After hugging a group of young men who came enthusiastically to be hugged, we had a bit of a conversation and it transpired that they were from South Africa and were planting or had planted a church in the grass market. So we offered to pray for them. But instead, they insisted on praying for us and the team because we were doing God's work that day and they were just so grateful to see a Christian presence on the meadows. What a blessing that was. Our job is to sow seeds and hope and pray and all of us can pray even if you're not able to go out and do some of the things you can be a prayer warrior for the work that's going on in this church we pray that those seeds would bear fruit but we don't have to worry about those seeds because we have a master gardener who will tend to the fruit until one day some of those fruits will come, well, they'll bear fruit. (laughs) Some of those uh, seeds will bear fruit. We might never know that that is going to happen. The staff at the moment are reading a book. David's making us work hard at the moment, uh, chapter by chapter. And this is Mission in Contemporary Scotland by Liam Gerald Fraser. And in it, he says, service and evangelism... That's a word we don't use very much because we're a bit frightened of it. But actually the mission we're doing is evangelism. Service and evangelism are two interdependent parts of Christian mission. It is by giving ourselves to our neighbours in authentic and loving service that we witness to Christ. And the glory and nature of God are revealed. We don't just have to do mission on the meadows, or in our missional communities? Do your family and friends know that you are a Christian? How do you witness to them? And actually, when it's family, sometimes it's more difficult. Does the way we live our lives in front of them model Jesus? Do our neighbours know we're Christians? Do we provide a listening ear to somebody in the, the office or in the sheltered housing complex? Or do we just walk away and leave others to deal with it? When we start to do the work that Jesus has called us to do, we might actually find that we enjoy it. You should see the faces of the folks receiving hugs. When they smile, we smile even wider. Even the disciples enjoyed it. For verse 17 of the reading, further on in the, the, we didn't have this bit today, it said, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Don't you just love the fact that the disciples, they went out knowing that they might be rejected, but they did it. 
and they learned so much. But more importantly, so did the people that they interacted with. Where can we be Jesus' witnesses? Where are we going to be doing simple mission in the days ahead? Where can we be Jesus' witnesses in our lives? Who do you need to share the good news with today or this week? Can I encourage you to start praying into that? And then just do it. It's not as scary as you might think. And actually, bringing up the topic of church or whatever, once you get into it, you think, well, actually, yeah, life is a bit different if you can share that. And we have Jesus on our side to help us proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God has come near. Just take a moment now and think of this person you should be connecting with, or it might be some people, and just offer up your own silent prayer for that person or those people. Father, we pray your blessing on those that we have named before you now. And we pray that you would give us the confidence to be true disciples, to bring Jesus into our conversations, to model Jesus in our everyday lives, that we might be your disciples, your missionaries in this city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.